Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As I was driving along, I heard a tapping on the side window of my truck. A tall, pale man with red stripes painted on his body is keeping pace with me at about 45 miles an hour. Good evening. My name is Derek Hayes, and I am the host of Monsters Among Us podcast. He took it out of our dog's mouth, and I looked down, and it's a human hand. Monsters Among Us is a call-in show about the paranormal. It was a dark, solid creature walking upright. When I heard that, I I knew something's coming to kill me. I was done for. Real stories by real experiencers. In walking tall, gray alien. Somehow, I lost eight whole hours. I mean, no other way to say it, it was a UFO. You can find Monsters Among Us wherever you find your podcast. And I get close enough to see that it was a werewolf. And I lean down and it growled at me. In the corner of the room was what I can only describe to be a gremlin. My friend points towards the lake and he's like, what the F is that? It was so large that it obscured our entire windshield. New episodes posted every Thursday. It came within 10 feet from the boat or so. <laughs> this is why I wanted to stay on it, because it sounds crazy. It turned into a mermaid. And I just said, ma'am, you were in a car accident and I believe you've passed away. She just looked like somebody would who just heard that. She looked horrified. And it's at the cemetery and says, look at all those people. I look over and there's not a single person in the cemetery. I say, what people? He says, all those people over there. There sure are a lot of grandmas. Your host, Matt Strawn and Allie. Welcome, Welcome back, back guys, guys, to episode seven zero seventy. Does it sound like we're recording late at night? Because we are. <laughs> if you guys can't um, tell, this is going to be a really spicy episode. So spicy. We're adding a lot of flair to it, a lot of personality. <laughs> I asked Natalia what she had prepared <laughs> for me today because, as you guys know, it's always a surprise. So if it's Natalia's right. episode, I have no idea what she's telling me. If it's my episode, she has no idea what I'm telling her. Mm. But sometimes, we like to get prepared like you know what kind of story is this going to be is it going to be a long one do I need to bring snacks like what is it Natalia has promised me that this is one of her infamous shit posts on the same level as the Whaley house perhaps you know it's really hard to say I'm not really sure I feel like I'm more prepared for this one than the Whaley house like the Whaley house one I just like read some stuff and I was like okay I'm gonna have to like add some interest some stuff about a whale that's also a house (laughs) yeah but um this episode i did my research i know what went on i'm just kind of like yeah you guys will just have to listen and and let me know what you think because it's entertaining it's entertaining well i'm very excited and if you guys are wondering hey what's up with this episode um why aren't they talking about anything relevant in their lives natalia's baby should have been born by now right the answer is correct yes it's the baby should be out enzo should be out by the time you're hearing this 
However, I really feel that Natalia needs some time off. <laughs> so or, if she wants. And so Natalia has no. been telling me, as we've discussed no. on this show, that she doesn't want I any time off. I don't need time off. I don't need anything. I don't need help. But, however, we are recording this episode in advance just in case, on the off chance. Mm-hmm. That she, you know, gives birth to this beautiful humanoid child. Yes. And then decides, you know what? I need I need a week or two. Then we have these episodes stockpiled for you guys. I'm hitting the ground running. Uh, you, you guys will see. <laughs> You'll find out. Hitting the ground running. And I would like to shout out some donors. I would like to hit... You know what? Here's a transition for you. I'd like to hit the ground running and read off... Our Venmo donors oh, for this wow. episode. What a beautiful transition. I'm working on it, you guys. Was that better than I usually do? <laughs> no, I think it was worse. I think sometimes when I'm like trying to find a transition, I forget who said, I think it may have been Phil, honestly. I know, I feel like I've been shouting out Phil a lot on this show, mm. listener Phil. Um, but I remember there was an episode, I think it was Operation Wandering Soul, where I could not find a transition between what you said and what I was going to move into. So yeah. I was just like, all right, well, you ever heard of psychological warfare? And like, we weren't talking about that at all. And he tweeted, at, I think it was him. He tweeted and he was like, great transition. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Phil. This episode, I would like to thank Kathleen O, Ruby V, Samantha P, Naya E, Garrett B, Gina G, Emily W, Jillian M, and Kathleen G. I would like to thank Jillian M as well, Garrett B, and Lewis W. Thank you guys for donating. Thank you. If you guys want to donate, go to our website, letsgethaunted.com. Go in the upper right-hand corner. You can click donate or you can donate to me, Venmo, at natstrawn or paypal.me slash nataliastrawn or cash app. My username is at dollar sign nataliastrawn. Or you can Venmo me at DogMomUSA. And no matter who you donate to, all the money goes to the same place. We use your donations to keep our podcast running. If you don't like the idea of donating to something without something tangible in return. Buy some merch. Buy some merch. Go to letsgethaunted.com. We have, I believe, we have enamel pins. We have pop sockets, but they're off brand. So so we must legally say phone holders. Yeah. And I think we have one shirt and one hoodie left. I'm not entirely sure. So by the time you listen to this, they might be sold out. Right. So head over to letsgethaunted.com if you want to make a quote unquote donation, but with something in return. I have a personal haunting story that actually I've been wanting to tell for a while, but like it was too traumatic. So I just what? kept it to myself. Oh my God. Okay. So this happened uh, probably like six weeks ago. So okay. I was still very pregnant. Okay. Uh-huh. And I want to preface this story by saying that my fiance is sober. So like he hasn't drank alcohol and he hasn't smoked weed and he hasn't done anything like that in like over a decade. So that's very important to the story okay Okay. so my fiance comes home from work and i'm like really tired i had been walking the dogs i'm like driving this truck uh like this pickup truck with the dogs in the back which is very illegal in california but i just didn't give a fuck because i was like i i'm i'm just trying to live my life right right and so my fiance's like can you come pick me up and i'm like all right i go and pick him up and he's like 
hey, I just tried these CBD gummies that my friend made. Like, you have to try one. And I was like, I don't want any CBD gummies. Like, I'm already tired. Like, Mm -hmm. let's just, like, walk these dogs. And then he's like, you don't support me and, like, my my (laughs) friends. And, like, he made these and trying to just put me on this guilt trip. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I have one CBD gummy. And immediately, just based on the taste, I knew that it was weed in it. Like, I was like, this is THC in it. It smells like weed. It tastes like weed. Trust me, I ate enough and smoked enough of this in college for like an entire planet. Like I, <laughs> I know that this was inedible. Right. And I was like, this has weed in it. And he's like, no, it's this new thing called DH8. It's like really strong CBD. And I was like, I really don't want to do this. And then he was like, I had two. You have to have two. And then he proceeds to take two gummies and give them to our dogs to show me that, like, look, it's not a big deal. So he gives a gummy to one of our dogs, a gummy to my dog, Archer. Cody. And he's like, look, it's not like it's whatever. And I'm like, "Okay, fine. You know, like maybe he's right. Maybe I'm just being like an uptight bitch for no reason. I don't know. So I have another one of them. And I'm like, it's, you know, probably just this new CBD, like it's DHA, whatever. So we're walking the dogs and then like within like 25 minutes I just feel like I knew I was just high like I was (laughs) oh no and we were walking the dogs and we're like walking around this neighborhood and I knew I was high because I'm looking at people's landscaping and I was like wow those are just like really good landscapings and I was just thinking about I was like oh and the weather's so nice right now like this is so nice at least it was a positive high it was until then I was like no, I'm high right now. Like, there's something weird. Like, you know when your mouth gets kind of, like, you can't slur, you're slurring your words. Yeah, like a thick tongue feeling. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, my mouth was not being controlled by my brain. Like, there was, like, a delay or something. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, I feel really high. And I, like, looked at my fiance and he's, like, looking at me and he just starts giggling. He's like... <laughs> he knew? He, but he didn't know. He was like, no, this is CBD. My friends swear to me, whatever. Oh, Cody. And he hasn't smoked weed in like, you know, 10 years or whatever. So he thinks it's just really strong CBD. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's talking about, you know? So and then I was like, I went home and he's like really trying to assure me that like nothing he promises. It's just this new thing. And then I'm like, okay, well, fuck. Like, I can't believe they're going to sell this in a store. Like, you, yeah. you can get this fucked up off of something you can just buy in a store, you right. know, without like any ID or anything. And so I finally end up going to sleep and then we just like never talked about it again or whatever. And for the rest of the for the rest of like a couple months go by or whatever. And we just continued giving these gummies to our friends who come over and we're just like, hey, you really want to try this new CBD? Okay, you fucked up. Like, this is crazy. And I'm like, yeah, I can't even touch it because it literally made me high. And just give we gave it to our parents. We gave it to his. Your mom took it. Yes. So then fast forward to present day. We just found out that actually it was a batch that had been contaminated with DH9 or something. I don't, I'm probably saying this wrong, which is THC. It's like a really strong, like <laughs> isolate, like version of THC. So I definitely was high. We got our parents high. We got our dogs high. Like we got so many people high just because we thought it was CBD. And I've been like holding that story. In I, it's I so can't traumatic. believe that you didn't tell me about this. That is a, a very intense personal haunting I feel offended that you didn't tell me because I was just like first of all I didn't I thought I was just being stupid up until I found out that it was actually contaminated because I was like who cares about a story where I took yeah, CBD you're like and gaslighting was, yourself yeah. into thinking that you're just in your head like thinking you're high or yeah. something yeah but ever since then like I just won't 
try anything that's like you know remotely like cbd or like right why take the chance with that said i think we need to get into this episode because we only have this recording studio booked for a certain amount of time oh yeah guys we're back in the recording studio again so if you hear any noise in the background that's what's up we're in a recording studio let us know how the quality is leave a comment below (laughs) on whatever platform you're listening to us on Alyssa, are you ready for this story no okay yes perfect July 1518. Oh, shit. This is a long time ago. Strasbourg, France. It's hot. International. The streets are full of human waste. Oh. Discarded shoes, shed clothing, loose toenails, and the occasional puddle of bodily fluids litters the city. The smell of piss and excrement wafts through the thick, stale air as the July sun begins to bake blistered human corpses into the street like oatmeal raisin cookies left in the oven a little too long. I'm going to throw up. All the while, a jovial band plays a jig, encouraging an infected crowd to dance, seducing any poor soul still alive to join the sickening scene. One by one, onlookers are possessed by an uncontrollable urge to writhe and shake in a painful physical trance lured to their deaths by saint fetus's dance what people are dancing to death yes this shit is the dancing plague of 1518 (gasps) yes ali have you heard of this before i have okay i have heard of this however only in passing. I have never done a deep dive on it. I have never done more than just like read a little like meme blurb. There's like certain Instagram accounts that will post like pictures of stuff and be like, did you know that in 15 whatever the fuck some people dance to death? And so I've seen stuff like that, but I have never in my life done a deep dive. I'm so fucking excited. Great. Well, I did all the work for you and I put on my storytelling voice and hat today. So I'm I'm ready if you're ready. I'm very, very ready to learn all about this. So the location of this story takes place on the eastern border of France with Germany. So this is in France, but it's right on the border with Germany. And that's important because some of the the cultural like and heritage type things we're going to talk about today, they're shared. Okay. They have a shared culture because it's right there on the border. That makes sense. So there's a ton of different accounts of this story, and all of the details are a bit controversial. And what I mean by that is because this was in 1518, it was such a long time ago, everyone agree- Everyone has like different ideas of, of uh, whether or not which parts of this story are actually real. Okay. And... While, for example, while everyone agrees that the dancing plague of 1518 did in fact happen because there's tons of written accounts about it, historians do not all agree on exactly what happened. Some sources say that the 1518 dancing plague was poorly documented, but that's relative to today's standards. Obviously, right. they didn't have like the same amount of technology that we have. Right. And also, they just didn't give a fuck. They're like, I've got 13 years to live and my brain is getting <laughs> eaten away by an STD. Right. I don't give a fuck about history. and <laughs> Right. It's not like they just had camcorders or iPhones to video exactly. the shit that was happening. Yeah. There are no Snapchats at all. No. And Not one Snapchat was to be found. While others say that it was really well documented for 16th century standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 16th century standards is like 
I, I like wrote a sentence on a piece of papyrus. Is that correct? Well, I don't yeah, know. Like you can read. Yeah. So basically, here is how the story goes, Alyssa. Okay. Strasbourg. It's a city on the Rhine River. And it's a city that's renowned as the home of the Johannes Gutenberg's movable type printing press. And it also has, at the time, the tallest building in the world, which is Strasbourg Cathedral. And I say that because I want you to know that this is like a modern town full okay. of people, right? Like it it would be like going to L.A. or New York or or uh, where are other places in the world? Chicago. <laughs> other uh, places in the world. Wait. Miami. Uh, I'm thinking only of places <laughs> in the U.S. Like London. Right. London. Uh, London Paris. Town. Paris. Uh, right. Just whatever. Rome. You guys, wherever you live right now, <laughs> pick the capital and then just pretend like we just said that. Okay. okay. I already did it. Perfect. And so here is a medieval portrait of what this town looks like if you want to describe that. Oh, okay. So Natalia is handing me her laptop. I am looking at a map and it is an old timey map. You know how I just said the word papyrus earlier? Mm -hmm. I want you to picture a sheet of papyrus, right. yellowed, cracked, mm -hmm. fraying, yes. um, folded a couple of times, and then mm -hmm. unfolded so there's lines in it. Wow. And it's beautifully inked and or painted. It depicts a circular-ish city mm -hmm. with different roads leading to it. Um, there's also some smaller, more rural, kind of like dirt-looking roads right. leading to it around the perimeter. Then inside, we've got this beautiful cathedral, mm -hmm. as Natalia just described, sort of in the bottom center portion of it. And then there's a few little greenery, um, looks like to be gardens or maybe some small forests mm -hmm. dotted around in there. And then these red-roofed houses. Right. It's a beautiful 16th century town. There's a... Um, big gate around it, a wall, and yeah, it's it's a, a very special place for a very special lady. Who I'm going to tell you. Oh, oh, I was like, are you talking about me? Am I <laughs> am I the special lady? Are you going to take me on a trip there? On July 14th, 1518, a couple goes for a walk. The husband is named Air Trophea, and his wife is known as Frau Trophea. And just the fact that his wife's name is remembered as Frau shows us how unclear the beginning of this story is. So Frau it basically means Mrs. in German. Mm -hmm. So Frau Trophea is saying Mrs. Trophea. We don't even know this woman's first oh, name. Oh, wow. So Frau Trophea and her husband, they go for a walk. And I want to make a point that... Um, Although they were married, the social norms of the time from the 16th century was that, like, a woman was more like a servant or a maid than a wife by today's standards. And that's at least what I read. And after I read that, I did some research as to what that meant when they say that a man's wife would be more like his servant than a wife. And I guess in the 16th century, a woman would be married in her teens and then expected to cook and clean for her husband for the rest of her life. Mm, I don't like that. Yeah, I mean... I don't. Some people like that. I don't like that. That's true. Feminism takes on many forms. If you're yeah. comfortable being at home, cooking, cleaning, pumping out kids, that is valid. Right. Um, 
I can't imagine that, but I'm sure some people... I just don't have a talent for cooking, so um, that's why. If I was, like, really good at cooking, then I would want to do it, but why do I want to be reminded that I'm worthless every day? (laughs) Um, Okay, so Air Trophea and Frau Trophea, they're on this walk, and then Air Trophea asks his wife to do something and uh, some sort of a task. Sure, give him a blowjob, maybe. We don't know what Oh, we don't even know. No, we don't know. Could have been a blowjob. That's probably what it was. She was probably so embarrassed. (laughs) after this happened that she was like leave that out of the story say that we've forgotten what it is that I was doing for you it was definitely not a blowjob so yeah that's that could have exactly been what happened and so we don't really know exactly what it was but they start arguing and this argument like escalates into just like a screaming shouting match of some sort been there yeah And so while history has left us no answer as to what they were arguing about, we do know that they were having a dispute of some sort. And then this argument snowballed into something else. And it it must have been super significant to Frau Trafea because she starts to protest doing this task in a way. It was absolutely a (laughs) blowjob. In a way that she never has before. She starts twitching and kicking and convulsing and shaking and wagging and twirling and what can only be described as a sort of dance but it's not really a dance like when i think of people dancing i'm thinking of someone having a good time yeah this is more like think of more like a seizure of sort oh oh my god like flicking and um you know facial contortion and it's not comfortable she can't stop dancing and her husband is like just urging her to quit dancing because he's like quit you know give me a blowjob or whatever (laughs) he said but she won't stop dancing and then a group of onlookers come over and they start mocking and making fun of her they're laughing at her they're pointing at her because they're like fucked up why are you just dancing in the middle of the street and they assume that she's doing this dancing on purpose because she's trying to retaliate against her husband and embarrass him so the husband is getting more and more anxious and embarrassed because his wife is like having a seizure in the street right i guess that's just like not the vibe he was imagining for this walk (laughs) for for this blowjob walk yeah yeah so he starts yelling at his wife in front of this crowd to stop dancing and she doesn't stop it's like she's been possessed And the dancing is involuntary. It looks painful. So the crowd is also watching her and they're serving as our eyewitness accounts. So a lot of our like written accounts about this are from this crowd of people that's watching this woman dance around for Atrafea. And they say that the dance looks like it's coming from within her. Like she wanted to stop, but she couldn't control her body because it wasn't her choice. She wasn't in control. She was in pain. That's what all of these accounts that she's grimacing in pain. And an hour goes by. Fratriafea doesn't stop dancing. And her husband is just like, okay, well, you're you're like having a fit or whatever. I'm going to leave you on your own to have this tantrum. Yeah, you're clearly experiencing hysteria. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So her husband leaves. And then the crowd leaves too because they're just kind of like, okay, well, there's nothing to see here. This is just a person dancing. (laughs) And four hours later, she's still dancing. Holy shit. As fatigue sets in, her dancing grows more and more violent and fitful, like like she's been possessed. And some people start to say, okay, she looks like she's been possessed, so maybe she has been possessed by a demon. She also hadn't eaten or taken water this entire time, and she's drenched in sweat. Oh my God. So I want you to picture, like, 
like you just popped for Molly and you're at like Coachella and it's like 110 degrees. Yeah, you're on the verge of death. Yes, exactly. Like this is the level of dancing that she is going for. Also, back in the day, women wore like a lot of layers, right? right? They had like a lot like petticoats and yeah, so yeah, and can't be comfortable. Stays. Long sleeves, yeah, you weren't showing your ankles, right? Right. You had like wooden clogs or leather clogs, depending um, on whether or not you were a wooden clog kind of gal or a leather clog, yeah, like, gal. and whether or not you went to yield Macy's and what you ended <laughs> up picking out from the sales rack. I get it. So everyone leaves her dancing and it they're just like she's possessed by a demon and i guess in the 16th century like what are you gonna do right your wife gets to possessed by a demon like you'll deal with it tomorrow also the doctors at the time all they would have really done for her is either give her leeches or give her cocaine it's right. not or like bleed her right there was never yeah like cut her yeah put a leech on the cut yeah or yeah give her some morphine yeah, and so her husband's like, okay, I just don't have the energy to deal yeah. with this. So everyone leaves. It gets dark. She's still dancing in the middle of the street by herself until she collapses and passes out from exhaustion on the spot where she was dancing. So she literally is just outside on the street. She hasn't eaten or drank anything since she started dancing, which has been almost 24 hours now. And she's just passed out cold in the street. The next morning, she wakes up, and as soon as she wakes up, she immediately starts dancing again. She can't stop. And at this point, the people in the city of Strasbourg start to think that, okay, maybe this is more than just a stubborn woman dancing to make her husband upset. And unable to summon any sort of rational explanation, the crowds of people who witnessed Trofea's dancing suspected that it was the handiwork of the devil. She had sinned, they said and therefore was unable to resist the powers of the devil who had gained control over her body. So people are now making, they're like, okay, she, clearly she did something to cause this. Right. She's a sinner and she brought this upon herself and therefore, like, it's not our problem. Right. Meanwhile, her feet are bleeding and her ankles are swollen with blisters. And so people now that they found out that there's this woman who's like dancing herself to death, essentially, because she's been possessed by the devil. Now, this is something interesting to see. So now a crowd starts to come and form around her just watching her because they don't have much other entertainment. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, if someone told me that there was someone possessed by a demon I'd dancing in the street, yeah. yeah, I would need to go look I'd at go it look. for just a moment. Yeah. And so, but then there's another group of people who think it's the actually the opposite and that it's it's the devil. Um, it's not the devil. It's actually that she was angering the gods. So the locals in this area of Strasbourg, they have this guy, this St. Vitus guy, and he's the Sicilian saint who was martyred in 303 AD. And he was said to have cursed sinners with this uncontrollable dancing mania oh. if he gets angered. So people are putting two and two together and they're like, hey, I don't know what's going on, but she seems to be like uncontrollably dancing. And, you know, our St. Vitus is also like said to curse sinners with uncontrollable dancing mania if right. they make him mad. So maybe she maybe she's pissed this guy off. Right? I'm picturing like some guy going into the library and like reading about the saints and being like, I found it. And then he runs back and he's like, it has to be this. Yes. What are the odds? Exactly. Yeah. And then he's a hero. Of the yeah. Story. But then nobody does anything. Right. Right. OK. And he died the next day. That's yeah. That is tragedy. It's very sad. Ugh. 
Okay, so (laughs) near evening, she collapses once more and again falls asleep in the street. And again, the sun comes up. It's a new day. And again, can you guess? She's dancing again? She's fucking dancing again. So this is day three? 48 hours of dancing. Oh, God. No food or water. Still dancing. This continues, depending on the source, for four to six days. Is she able to take bathroom breaks or is she just dancing through it? She's just dancing through it. She's covered in that's remember that thing I was reading. Oh, you're right. Yeah. The piss and the excrement. Yeah, I was so grossed out that I like blocked that out already. Street. Yeah. Baking like Uh, oatmeal oatmeal cookies. cookies. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm recalling. So by this time now, there's some authorities in the town who they step in and they take Frau Trafael away. And they they all kind of agree that her dancing is inspired or perhaps inflicted by God rather than the devil. So they cart her off to this nearby shrine for St. Vitus. And everyone in the town, they just basically decide she's fucking haunted. They're like, you know, (laughs) now this is like no longer cool anymore. This is like... This is no longer interesting. This is cursed. Exactly. So they take her to this shrine high up in the mountains. And um, they... We don't... After this, we don't hear from her. So... We don't know whether she died or it worked, but like Ugh. historians assume that it worked because if she died, it would be like, well, she died of this thing, right? Right, maybe. But instead, we just don't hear of her. So we assume that she's fine. I don't know. Her story's over, is what I'm saying. Okay. Bye, Felicia. I think she was murdered. I think they were like, yeah, we're definitely taking her to this shrine in the mountains, wink, wink. And then they just murder her. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even think about why, that. Because they wouldn't want people to know that they murdered a lady, right? right? So yeah. that could explain why we don't know anything about her. Well, you, well, let me tell you this other part of the story because I think it might sway you. Okay. So now there's a crowd where this woman was standing. They're kind of like whispering and ta- telling each other word of mouth like, oh, yeah, there was this fucking girl here and she was dancing. Frau and then they took her away. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And weirdly enough, some people start to dance as well like they saw Frau Trafia dancing while she was there and then they started joining in and kind of dancing and it becomes contagious everyone and I have to just like say that it's not normal dancing these people are literally dancing themselves to death like there are bodies in the street because this is the 16th century people aren't eating well they don't have enough energy to dance no they die at age like 25 exactly so by the end of the week, there's approximately 34 people dancing until they drop. And now this seems like more serious than a, than a joke or like some sort of point to prove by Frau Trafea. So people start calling this a dancing plague. And like I said, Frau Trafea is not even there anymore. She started this sort of dancing plague, but she's gone. She went to this shrine and maybe died. We don't know. So people took her place and they just started dancing like crazy and it just grows and grows and grows until you have hundreds of people dancing and they're not only are they dancing in the street they're also starting to dance in their homes they're unable to help themselves just like Frau Trafea and society is falling apart you have mothers leaving their children to just you know go die dance. yeah to go dance you have cooks and um, teachers and all kinds of people just leaving their jobs to go dance and here is a photo or not a photo, as you know, because it's the 16th century. But here is a piece of art. It's woodwork depicting this dancing plague. You can see there. Oh, wow. Describe it. Okay, so Natalia is showing me a black and white drawing or painting. I'm not sure which. And it's, it's woodwork. Woodwork. 
And it's, let me see, one, two, three, four, five. There's six people that are dancing in a group. Then in the background, there's like a dude that looks like he's in some sort of like butcher's outfit almost. He's got that like maybe a blacksmith. He has that mm -hmm. leather looking apron around his waist. And then there's three people. Oh, and the guy in the apron is like collapsed. And then there's three guys that look like they're carrying someone almost away from the dancing people. And then the people that are dancing look to be in pain. They're contorted. They're frowning. They are not having a fun little dance party. It looks like they don't want to be there, but they can't help it. And they're all kind of like smashed together as if this is some sort of human centipede <laughs> dance. Shout out to human centipede. Yeah. Also, can I just tell you really quick what this is reminding me of? What? Have you ever seen that YouTube video of that guy at a music festival who starts yeah, his own dance party? It, he tries to put a shoe on. No, oh, no not that guy. There's this. It's, can I just show you really, really yeah, fast? Yeah, show it to okay. me. Okay. So. Uh, I, I can't, uh, maybe I've never seen this. It's a viral video. Yeah. Because I was thinking of go. the one where it's like a guy trying to put <laughs> yeah. a shoe on in Coachella and he's like super fucked up. No, okay, it's not see. the one. Uh, Yeah, you have to watch an ad. Sorry. I don't have YouTube red because I'm not a sucker. Okay, let's see. Yeah, I'm watching a man on the side of a hill. And yeah, everyone around him's just sitting. He looks like he's on drugs. <laughs> or maybe he's just really... He's vibing. Yeah, maybe he's just really vibing. Okay, but he starts doing... Okay, someone else came and started dancing next to him. Oh, now they're like holding hands and really dancing together. Okay, someone else has joined them and has started dancing. Yeah, and this dancing is, like, very creative. It's, like, they're yeah. doing, like, cartwheels and, like, also... It's interpretive dance, it's right? It's very interpretive. Like, they're, it, it's not to the beat. It's not to the rhythm. Oh, he just did a... He just did a back roll. He got on his back and rolled over. Okay, now this has progressed. There's <laughs> now about eight people dancing... Okay, wait, now, like, 15 people have started dancing and they're all screaming at the same time. And then it turns into, like, the whole hillside of people dancing at this festival. It's actually really quite beautiful. It says Sasquatch Music Festival 2009. Guy starts dance party. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's people literally running. People are sprinting across the side of this hill to come join this dance party. So that's that's what I'm picturing in my mind. I'm picturing Frau Trofea as a dude at Sasquatch Music Festival in 2009. Yeah. And she has started the party before anyone even knew that they wanted to party. Yeah, except they're not having a good time. That's right. the one thing. That's, that the, I one, that's the one thing we've got to hit home about. So eventually reports say that as many as 400 people began dancing in the streets oh, at the wow. Dancing Plague's peak. And the chaos continues for two months. Again, I can't like emphasize this enough. People are literally dying from heart attacks, strokes, and exhaustion. So according to sociologist Robert ba Bartholomew, these types of dancing plagues could see dancers parading around naked, making obscene gestures, even fornicating in public or acting like barnyard animals just shitting in the streets. Yeah, this is a music festival. Dancers could also become violent towards observers if they did not join in. You know what? This is not like a music festival because I keep forgetting that there's no music. So this is like yeah. a silent disco. Exactly. There's no music. There's, there's, oh, that's creepy. It's super creepy, right? So at this point, 
everyone agrees that this is some sort of contagious type plague and they they think that maybe god himself is punishing people for their sins and then fear and paranoia grow and every day more dancers are filling the streets and finally the governing body of Strasbourg's, which is this council called the 21 and it's comprised of like religious leaders mm -hmm. in the area they're like, okay, we got to do something about this because this is not a good look for our town. Yeah, like we don't want to be known as that haunted as fuck town where like people are just shitting in the street while dancing naked and like freaking e out. Exactly. And there's copious records of this plague that are appearing in the city's archives. I'm going to read you some of those now. Ooh. So one says, there's been a strange epidemic lately going amongst the folk so many in their madness began dancing which they kept up day and night without interruption until they fell unconscious many have died of it and then another 17th century chronicle by strasbourg journalist johann schilter quotes a now lost manuscript poem many hundreds in strasbourg began to dance and hop woman and man in public market in alleys and streets day and night many of them ate nothing until the last sickness left them this affliction was called saint vetus's dance and finally one more chronicle from 1636 so after the fact relates a less happy ending in the year 1518 ad there occurred among men a remarkable and terrible disease called saint vetus's dance in which men in their madness began to dance day and night until they finally fell down unconscious and succumbed to death so this governing body of religious leaders, the 21, they think that this has all been the wrath of God punishing everyone from their sins. But there's doctors at the time who think it's something else. Okay. Do you want to take a guess what the doctors from 1518 think has caused this? You're, you're kind of laughing, so I'm not sure if it's going to be something stupid, like they think that everyone has an STD or something. But I'm going to say mass hysteria. Because that's like a modern doctor take, no, right? That's a, yeah, that's a little that's too modern. Too, okay, let me think of something this is, less modern. They think modern. this is a physical ailment. I'll oh, tell you that. they think that, do they think it's seizures or is that also too modern? That's way too modern. Oh my you're God. You're doing way too much. <sighs> they think that someone cheated on their husband and yeah, got an STD and then spread it to everybody. No. So they think that these people are dancing because their blood got too hot. <laughs> so the doctors are like their blood is too hot That's clearly really stupid yeah and they're like so what and the the 21's like okay doctors we believe you their blood is too hot <laughs> that sounds really bad yeah how do we fix it the blood is boiling in their veins exactly like that sounds horrible how right. do we fix it i don't want that so the doctors say well what we need to do is just have them dance it out <laughs> and the the 21 takes this super seriously and they and I want to say doctors loosely because actually I was like looking into who was calling themselves a doctor. And it's basically just like the rich people of the city do whatever oh, they want because yeah. they own the city. Right. Yeah. So it's this one rich guy named Sebastian Brandt. He devotes this chapter. He devotes a chapter in his book called The Ship of Fools to the folly of dance. And he claimed at the time, based on medical wisdom at the time, that this was all because of hot blood. OK, so this is like literally published in books, hot blood. So the council's like, all right, hot blood. They need to dance more to get it out of their system. So the council literally just goes balls to the wall. They build two dance halls in the city. 
with stages in them. Oh. And then they pay unaffected citizens to stay and dance with the dancing people. And then they pay musicians to fill these dance Finally, halls. Finally, there's some music. Exactly. And they, with, quote, rousing music of drums and fifes to better facilitate their dancing. So basically, they throw a huge party for these dancers. Right. But it doesn't work. In fact, it just exacerbates the trouble because many in these dance halls, they're dying. There's like bodies pushed to the side. People are trampling over them as they're dancing. And then other people see them dancing in the dance halls to their deaths and they hear the music and they're like, oh, they're like, I'm going to go join them. Yeah. So it actually does the opposite. It doesn't help them to dance out like their troubles. They just create an even bigger plague. This is like someone learning that reverse psychology doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) So now the 21 is like, okay, doctors, you're done now. (laughs) Yeah. And they ban music entirely. In fact, they start fining people by 30 shillings for playing any music. Oh, my God. This is Footloose. Exactly. Right. Footloose is based off of this. So they did make an exception for weddings or like mass, but they limited all of the music, the music to just stringed instruments only without allowing them to play, quote, such tempting rhythms as tambourines and drums. Those evil tambourines. I know. It's that. Can't trust them. You can't. You know what I'm thinking about? There really is a lack of tambourine in modern music. Could this be why? We're not ruling it out. In fact, we're (laughs) We're ruling ruling it it in. in. And to complete this moral legislation from the 21, the council even banishes, quote, loose persons. And I just have a bunch of question marks next to that because I don't know what a loose person is. That sounds like someone that's having a good time. I know, like someone who's footloose. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) We're banning all footloose people. Yeah. So basically, the plan to let these people dance out their hot blood did not work, okay? Shocker. It was it was horrible. It made it so much yeah. worse. <laughs> so the 21 goes to the dance halls where everyone's dancing, and they decide, like, fuck this. These doctors, we tried to do their medicine. We listened to them, and now we're going to do it our way, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so guess what this religious group of uh, ahead of this council does? Uh, they decide to put people in jail. Close. They go to the dance halls and they round up everybody and they tie everyone down to several <laughs> large wagons. What? And then they fucking force them to go to that shrine where Frau Trofea went. What the fuck? So it's a forced pilgrimage to the shrine of St. Vitus. And it's up this side <laughs> of this mountain to this cave. It's literally 25 miles from the town to this random oh cave where the God. shrine is. And the 21 goes. And then they, and they also do another thing because... They get a bunch of shoes made for these people who have been dancing. And most of them have lost their shoes. They're, like, blistered, like I said. Their ankles are swollen. Bleeding. Exactly. And they get painted red shoes. And they anoint these shoes with holy oil because there's this thought that that St. Vetus likes that. Like, he likes red shoes. I'm not sure why. He just does. All right. And then when they get to the top of this hill, this 25-mile, like, tied to these wagons, like, pilgrimage... That they cut the dancers loose and the dancers immediately start jigging their way up the rest of the hill, like shaking and like just going to the beat. Okay? Just like twerking their way up to this shrine. Exactly. This very holy shrine. And then they see this image of St. Vetus, this shrine, and 
it said that um the, the, the 21 said like this giant mass over all these people as they were dancing and they started calming their tapping toes and they started to stop dancing oh so, so it's it, working it worked it worked and because it worked, the 21 named this uncontrollable urge to dance, the dancing plague, as we've been calling it, St. Vetus's Dance. And they're not sure if that's because it became widely believed that the saint could help them or because they suspected that someone had cursed the afflicted dancers in the saint's name or because the, the supposed plague had been sent as punishment by St. Vetus himself for not venerating him enough. But whatever the reason, St. Vetus's dance becomes the name of this like okay. affliction where you can't stop dancing. Now, we're going to talk about the St. Vetus for a second. Here is a um, painting of him if you want to describe him. Oh, he needs some help. Okay, so Natalia is showing me a very old painting of St. Vetus. He looks like I... I'm not sure. He doesn't look like a good-looking man. He first of all, let's start with the easy part. He has a uh, rooster. Yeah, he's in holding his arm. a rooster. He also has a very long, what looks to me like either a palm frond or a peacock feather. It's green and super long, going up the side of his shoulder. He has a halo of light around his head. He's got golden locks. You know what? He looks like he's wearing a George Washington wig, but it's, mm -hmm. but it's blonde. And then he's got He's got some plump lips and a George Washington nose, and he, he's looking off into the he distance. He kind of, like, to me, looks like 90s Howard Stern. You know how he had, like, really uh, long, curly hair? Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He just needs the sunglasses. Or, like, Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, Weird Al is such a delight that I just don't want to associate this man <laughs> with Weird Al. And he's wearing, like, a brownish toga-looking thing that I assume is maybe a priest's outfit right remember at the beginning of this um corona when someone asked weird al to do my corona oh yeah my sharona and he was just like no yeah i'm not doing that yeah i love weird al <laughs> um so the religious tradition describes saint vetus as this third century sicilian child who converted oh that's a child no oh he, but he started as a child oh i got you i don't know if he was knew this, born all and he aged yeah and then they painted this fucked up george washington except for benjamin button it went the opposite that him. was the opposite but this you're telling me this is not no benjamin button this is just a regular old ben you know what he looks like i figured it out it's george washington but a scarecrow oh wow Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. So St. Vetus was this third century Sicilian child. He started as them, I should say. <laughs> okay. And he converted to Christianity against his affluent family's wishes. And as anyone knows, when you go against your affluent family's which it wishes, that means you really yeah. want to do something. Right. Okay? So he really was like a good Christian. Okay. So he performed as a Christian several miracle healings through his hands. Like he would place his hands on people. He healed paralysis and blindness and several other conditions that led to the modern conception of him as being this patron saint of neurological disorders. And according to the legend, St. Vetus was a Christian and he was tortured for it because he wasn't supposed to be doing that. Oh. But he never gave up his faith and then that gave him these healing powers. And actually, the way that he became a saint is that he was trying to heal this emperor's son of a demonic possession, which he did. But because he was Christian and it was his Christian powers that worked, as soon as he finished healing him from this demonic possession, they boiled him in a cauldron. What? Yeah. 
Yeah. Wait, did he die from that? Yes, of course. Okay. So this well, made I was him like, a martyr. Is this a jacuzzi situation or did? <laughs> no, that made him a martyr, okay. and then his relics became associated God. with healing illnesses that, that presented unsteady steps or trembling limbs or just like other forms of quote lameness and neurological conditions okay and then that somewhere along the way made him the patron saint of dancers and just entertainers in general i'm not sure maybe because like people who are convulsing in the street are just like entertaining like people oh stop and yeah stare at it them. could be He's also said to protect against lightning strikes, animal attacks, and oversleeping, which I'm uh, sure. That's a big jump from like, oh, he's the patron saint of neurological disorders. Also, he'll wake you up like a rooster. Is that why he's holding a rooster? It could be. Sorry, I just screamed. It I could be. Okay. Well, his, I had a lot of caffeine. His feast day is June 15th, which makes him a Gemini like me. So uh, I kind of get it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now, oddly enough, St. Vitus's dance is a real condition. I'm going to show you a video of what it is. Like, this is a medical condition oh. people actually have. Here is a video. Oh, I'm excited. Okay, so Natalia is showing me a YouTube video called St. Vitus Dance in 13-Year-Old, 1946 Silent. So this is a silent film from 1946. It is a 13-year-old girl. Oh, I, oh no. She has a little jacket on over a white dress. And yeah, she's just like grimacing and kind of like moving. It's like flailing almost. Right. It kind of looks like ugh, like a tick or like Tourette's or some sort of like uncontrollable yeah. like movement. Yeah. The facial expressions to me are not as interesting as the little sort of like, yeah, dance moves, I would say, because... Um, you know, involuntary facial movements from your muscles, I feel like is present in quite a few neurological disorders. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, she she gets up and she's kind of just like moving around. It's I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah, it's it's like a dance. Yeah. Yeah. Like you could describe it as a dance, but it's also very scary. It's like it something yes. that like a crazy ass like possessed thing would like do on top of the ceiling. Right. Yes. It's definitely it looks painful. I will say it does not look fun. She I feel very sorry um, for this girl. I mean, it looks like she just really doesn't want to be doing it, but she has no choice. Exactly. Yeah. So after this whole dancing plague thing goes down, everyone's like, okay, that was weird. Right. Yeah. And then this physician and alchemist named Paracelsus. Visits <laughs> Paris Hilton? Paracelsus. Oh, okay. Yeah. It could have been Paris Hilton. Maybe Paris Hilton. Yeah. It could have been. You guys comment below if you think Paracelsus <laughs> is actually an ancient version of Paris Hilton. Yes. So Paracelsus visits Strasbourg in 1526, which is eight years after this whole dancing plague thing goes down. Okay. And this, I want to like reiterate that this event was like... A major thing to happen to the city right like right like they had to build all these they had to build all these dance halls and then they had to take music away and then they had to cart like hundreds of people up a hill to tied this, up yeah and they had to like to wheelbarrows like it was an ordeal right so eight years after the fact when paracelsus gets to strasbourg there's tons of eyewitness accounts who are like let me tell you about the most interesting thing that ever happened in my <laughs> right. life right 
So he writes about all of these eyewitness reports in his book, which is called Opus Paramirum. And he finds these eyewitnesses to tell him about everything. And he calls this dancing madness choreomania, which literally translates to dancing madness. Right, like choreography. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But he says that it's caused by feminist protest. (laughs) So he's saying basically that Frau Trofea was like so upset with her husband for whatever reason. We said maybe because she didn't want to perform uh, oral copulation. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And he's like saying, okay, she was so annoyed that she decides to just go in the street and like dance herself into an exhaustion and created and then attracted all these other people who saw it going on and were just like yeah fuck this like well i'm a feminist so i'm gonna like dance myself to death but i will add like that seems kind of sexist you know because yeah (laughs) men were dancing too right so it's kind of like playing into this idea that women are devils like yeah like women are just so um they're just like so dramatic that they'll literally like dance themselves into a death and like ruin all these people's lives just to prove a point it's kind of it's just another way of like taking the personal responsibility away from each person that joined in on the dance that wasn't a woman yeah it's like they're just saying no it's a feminist protest it's like the spell that women like succubus their way into these men's lives and oh the poor men that danced exactly but you know so he wrote that in 1526 so we're gonna say it's kind of sexist but nobody came up with a better explanation so people just assumed that like paracelsus's theory was like what happened and they're just like oh this smart man who can write books came and interviewed me (laughs) and so that must have been what happened so i will say that that's not the only place where this dancing mania took place there were similar manias that took place in switzerland germany and holland though there weren't quite as big as this one this one the dancing plague of 1518 was definitely the biggest Mm -hmm. and the most deadliest and there was as many as 10 dancing outbreaks that happened before 1518 and i'm just going to pick out my two favorite or my one favorite so in 1247 in Erfurt, germany there were a hundred children that were danced out of the town and they literally danced for 150 miles away They just like danced into this random town called Hamlet in Germany and they get there and when they get there, they collapse in the middle of the town. They start sleeping in the streets. Most of them end up dying before their families ever find them. And then the survivors who do survive the ordeal end up with these lifelong tics and convulsions and chronic anxiety for life. And they this legend is born out of this dancing mania with these children. And it's called the legend of the Pied Piper. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, the Pied Piper is, I think it's an Irish legend or something like that, where he led away the snakes from a town. No, he led away children. That's what it was. Okay. So playing his flute. The legend of the Pied Piper is basically that this Pied Piper lures children to their death from their homes by playing this like flute type instrument a a pipe if you will okay Okay? i see am i remembering wrong that he was like hired to rid a town of snakes and rats and then they didn't pay him or something so then he lured away the children did i I make that up it's possible i made another episode okay that we should do yeah (laughs) yeah someone let us know what you've heard the pied piper because i've just heard it in like fairy tale settings of just like um 
it, he's basically a dude that wears like a pointy green hat. Yeah, and he's got like puffy pants. Yeah, and like little curly toed shoes. Like an elf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But okay. I didn't really know what he did. I just knew of him. He was a public figure in my childhood, but I didn't really understand what his deal was. So I have to mention, too, that there were. Um, so here's the theories. OK. OK. Theories. Number one, um, St. Vetus is really pissed at everyone and he struck them with a demonic urge to dance. Seems reasonable. Seems really reasonable. Right. So that's theory number one. It was St. Vetus. Theory number two, demonic possession. Yeah. Okay. Also yeah. reasonable. Theory number three, hot blood. Uh huh. And theory number four, tarantism. Do you know what this is? No. Tarantism is th this thing that people got in the sixteen, uh, like the sixteenth century, where you get bit by a tarantula spider, and oh. then you literally the only way to get the like to not die from it is to play music and dance to it. It's it's like a type of exorcism. So what they believe is that the tarantula it like an infected tarantula that has tarantism has like some sort of demon living in it right and then when it bites you you get the demon you get the demon and the only way to get rid of it is to like listen to creepy music and like <laughs> dance really weird but to banish this spirit of the tarantula and then after you get rid of it, symptoms don't go away. They return every year at the same time. And you have haunting dreams and hallucinations of spiders all the time. And it necessitates this annual pilgrimage to go to this church in Galantina. And you have to go this... and entreat St. Paul for mercy. Yeah, this sounds like bullshit. <laughs> uh, the fifth or sixth theory maybe we're on is epilepsy. And I just wrote no next no, to it. No, yeah, no, no. Doesn't make sense. No. Um, another theory was that it's a religious cult. Like maybe these people were dancing and they had like a secret cult going on. Could maybe. Be, like a new cult. There was another theory of ergo, which is like a toxic mold that oh, grows I've on heard damp rye and produces spasms and hallucinations. It's related to LSD. And you might remember it from the Salem Witch Trials yes. theories. But mm -hmm. um, I don't think that's right because even because if it was ergoism. It would bring on delusions and spasms and similar to the dancing, but it it has an extreme decrease in blood supply, which would have made it really challenging for people to dance as hard as they did. Right. Um, and then the last one is mass hysteria. And I have in quotations next to this no with a question mark. <laughs> so in 2009, this author historian named John Waller, who's a professor of history, and he is, specializes in like old old time stuff okay? okay he writes this book called a time to dance a time to die the extraordinary story of the dancing plague in 1518 and he's the foremost ex the foremost expert on the subject he believes that mass hysteria is the cause of this because there was a harvest failure going on at the oh. time and there was a real plague like the bubonic plague was going on at the time and also there's this one random chronicler who described this year as, quote, a real bad year. <laughs> so, and also there had been other dancing outbreaks at the time. So he thinks maybe people just heard of this. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't, I, I kind of feel like St. Vetus. Right. He's behind this somehow. Yeah, because all the people stopped dancing when they went up there. You know, it kind of, when you first told me about this, it did sort of remind me of some type of protest, but not 
like in the way that that Paris Hilton guy said, where he said it was a um, like feminist protest. I think what he's referring to is like she protested this blowjob and then created this hysteria. Right. But I'm actually thinking more of like, you know, if everything fucking sucks around you, people start to get crazy. And we've seen yeah. that in the pandemic as people start to get a little bit antsy. Yeah. Storm the Capitol. Right? Yeah, you know, exactly. And so I and like people get whipped into this frenzy and they're not even sure what they're doing until I mean, I don't want to take away personal responsibility from any of those extreme examples. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I am trying to say that sometimes vulnerable people can get like whipped into something and right. joining some sort of organization that they wouldn't necessarily join. Yeah. So I kind of wonder if people yeah this was like a very bad time and people saw this chick who just didn't give a fuck and she was dancing in the street and they were like you know what fuck yeah this speaks to my soul there's people dying in the street of plague i'm gonna go join this dance party yeah yeah i don't know i love this though it could have been hot blood um Foreigner sang that song, I think, Hot Blooded. That's what I kept thinking about when I was doing this whole thing. It was like, Hot Blooded. What if that's about this dancing plague? It probably is. It makes me want to dance. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, yeah, I think that this was a really good story, Natalia. You said that this was a shit post. I don't think so. I didn't know shit about the dancing plague, and now I feel like I know everything about it. Well, you do know everything about it, and now you're the new foremost expert on the subject, so you can write a book on it. It seems like you can become a foremost expert on any subject as long as other people don't care about it. Yes, correct. (laughs) I will become the foremost um, expert on Let's Get Haunted. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just give it to you. (laughs) Alyssa's the foremost expert on Let's Get Haunted. Somebody print me a business card. Love that beautiful do you want to do our sign off sure um let me think uh brb gotta go ban tambourines in a town with a dancing plague Mm, love Mm. that all right right. guys all right guys (laughs) all right one person um bye. bye I'm just going to go ahead and tell you guys my sources. I read an article called What Was the Dancing Plague of 1518 on History.com. Also, publicdomainreview.org had an essay called The Dancing Plague of 1518. I listened to a podcast called Supernatural with Ashley Flowers, and the episode was called Dancing Plague. Also, allthatsinteresting.com, of course, love that website, theguardian.com, sciencedirect.com, and Wikipedia.